today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. All of the, the family dynamics and turmoil and conflict and feuds and fights, some of which end up in court, all because of what was left behind. I think I've mentioned this one time. Someone was asked when this wealthy guy died, and the question was asked, how much did he leave? To which the answer was, all of it. You can't take it with you. You can send it ahead. You can't take it with you. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Riches, wealth, mansions, oh my, isn't this the American dream promoted by Hollywood every chance they get? One can't help but wonder if they're actually as happy as they lead us to believe. As Pastor J.D. discusses in his message today, true contentment often comes when necessities are met and the Lord is the pursuit of your life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Here he says, all throughout all of this, my wisdom remained with me and I got to believe that wasn't in a good way. My way of thinking, that was tormenting because he still had that supernatural wisdom. And if he still had that supernatural wisdom, he had to know (laughs) because of that wisdom, uh, this isn't going to work out too well. This is not going to end well. All, all that I'm doing, because he still has the wisdom, that supernatural wisdom of God, through all of this, I bet it haunted him. I bet it kept him up at night, among other things that kept him up at night, all the worries about everything. So, verse 10, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. Picture this. You see something? I want it. I'm going to get it. Because I can. (laughs) If if I see something, it's kind of like you you walk into a store and you have all this wealth. You can buy whatever you want. You see something? I like that. I'll take it. How much is it? doesn't matter. No, no, what's the price? It doesn't matter. I'll I'll take it. And I spared no expense, so to speak. Whatever I saw, if I liked it, I desired it, I got it. I did not deprive my eyes of anything. And I just took it. And he says, I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. In other words, so the lust of the heart, that that uh, hedonistic pursuit of wanton pleasure, if it seemed pleasing to me, I did it. I did not, I did not say to my heart, no, you can't have this. I said to my heart, yeah, you want it? Go ahead, go ahead. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, 
for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. And then verse 11, I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. That's a lot of work. And indeed, all was vanity, and grasping for the wind, there was no profit under the sun, S-U-N, and that's why. (laughs) He's under the wrong sun. If this was under the sun, S-O-N, as unto the Lord, oh my goodness, godliness with contentment is great gain, the Apostle Paul would say. I think this speaks to a truth that is, it's a principle you don't break. It breaks you if you go up against it. And the principle is, you can be, you know, so poor, just have basic needs met. You have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back, you have food in the fridge, right? And you can be happier not being able to rub two quarters together. It used to be two dimes, but inflation, so now it's two quarters. And you can be happier than someone like Solomon who has amassed all of this wealth, because it has nothing to do with what you're able to amass. It has everything to do with being content. The Apostle Paul said, I learned, key word, I learned to be content no matter what my situation. If I had plenty or if I had little, no matter what, I learned to be content. That's the key. That's the key. Verse 12, then, it's kind of like Solomon saying, I tried this, didn't work out. I tried this, didn't work out. Tried this, didn't work out. Now I'm going to try this. Then I turned myself to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who succeeds the king? Only what he has already done. In other words, who comes after me? What are they going to do? Whatever they do, it's already been done. I already did it. Verse 13, then I saw that wisdom excels folly as light excels darkness. The wise man's eyes, verse 14, are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I myself perceived that the same event happens to them all. So I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, it also happens to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, this also is vanity, for there is no remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die? As the fool. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me for all his vanity and grasping for the wind. What's Solomon saying here? What's the conclusion here that Solomon is coming to? 
He's basically saying at the end of the day, we all die. And isn't death the great equalizer? So he's saying to himself, "I, I have all of this wisdom, I have all of this wealth, and when I die, I die the same way the fool in poverty dies. So why am I wise? What's, what's the point? I mean, it's, it's, what's the purpose? It's meaningless. It's, it's emptiness. It's, it's vanity. I mean, what's the point of amassing all of this wealth if I'm going to, and isn't it interesting that when you do amass wealth, and certainly as you get older, uh, what comes into clearer view? Your mortality, the brevity of life. You start thinking about death. And whenever I do a memorial service, I always mean Ecclesiastes is the go-to, particularly chapter 7 when we get there. And Solomon has the audacity to say it is better to go to a memorial service, a funeral, than it is to go to a party, to a wedding, to a feast. Why? Because when you go to a memorial service, you're more introspective. You take seriously the brevity of life. And how that ultimately there is this thing called death that nobody escapes, unless of course you go up in the rapture, which by the way is, (laughs) you know, you start thinking about, What's going to happen first, my death or the rapture? I'll take the rapture. (laughs) Thank you very much. Where do I sign? Can I sign up for that? But it's true that that's how it ends. And so what Solomon is saying here is that in the end, it's really all the same. I'm going to die just like the fool with me, the the one in poverty alongside me, it's all vanity. Verse 18, then you would think at some point, he would say, okay, God, I've had enough. I've had enough. I've learned my lesson. I, I wish I would have just learned it the easy way, but okay, I get it now. Enough is enough, but no not Solomon. He's not done yet, not by a long shot. So now, verse 18, he says, I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun. And here's why. Because I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool yet he will rule over all my labor in which I toiled and in which I have shown myself wise under the sun. This also is vanity. In other words, I've amassed all this wealth. What for? So I'm going to die and I'm going to leave it to my heir. And what's he going to do? He's going to blow it. Why? Because he didn't work for it. How many people, I know somebody's going to come to mind when I say this, how many people do you know that earned their money the old-fashioned way? They inherited it, and they totally messed up, and it messed them up. 
and all of the, the family dynamics and turmoil and conflict and feuds and fights, some of which end up in court, all because of what was left behind. I think I've mentioned this one time. Someone was asked when this wealthy guy died, and the question was asked, how much did he leave? To which the answer was, all of it. You can't take it with you. You can send it ahead, but you can't take it with you. So here's Solomon going, okay, let me see if I got this straight. I, I have amassed incalculable wealth, and I'm going to die. Yes, you are, Solomon. You got that right. And when I die, my heir, my son, and oh, by the way, he did have one son with all those wives, all those concubines. He had one son. His name, Rehabon. Rehabon single-handedly split Israel into two kingdoms, the north and the south. And not only that, he introduced pagan worship to Israel. And that was the son that he left all of this to. And he knew it. You could say he foreknew it. And this is why, I, this, I think this was the late Larry Burkett who founded Christian Financial Concepts. He had this really clever quip. He said, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. <laughs> That's what, you know who's doing that? I, I think I mentioned this, you know on the mainland you see those big recreational vehicles and they have a bumper sticker on them that says we're spending our kids inheritance. <laughs> Take that Rehoboam. So this is what Solomon's saying. I'm going to leave all of this wealth to someone who is ill-equipped, ill-prepared to be able to handle it. Here I toiled, I strived, I worked, I labored, and then I'm going to leave it to somebody? Are you kidding me? And they're going to mess up, and it's going to mess them up? How does that work? (laughs) It's all vanity. Verse 20, therefore, I turned my heart and dis- by the way, I should probably say that this is not a license to not leave anything for your children. I can just see it now. Hey, did you hear what the preacher said? <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> yeah, we're buying an RV. We're going to travel. Anyway, yeah. there is actually a, a proverb and uh, <laughs> the, the parents lay up for the Okay, I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble here, especially if my kids are watching this. But anyway, verse, of course, what am I going to leave them? Anyway, enough of my problems. Verse 20, therefore, I turned my heart and despaired of all the labor 
in which I had toiled under the sun. For there is a man, verse 21, whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, yet he must leave his heritage to a man who has not labored for it. This also is vanity. And then he adds to this being vanity and says, and a great evil. Whoa, that's kind of strong. He, he's saying it's cruel and it's evil. It's just wrong. It shouldn't work like that. That is unjust. That is unfair. Verse 22, for what has man for all his labor and for the striving of his heart which, with which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days are sorrowful, and his work burdensome. Even in the night, his heart takes no rest. He can't sleep. This also is vanity. How depressing is this? Are you depressed? I I get depressed every time I read it. I just think, oh my goodness, that sort of thing. All of this, for what? It's such a burden, burdensome, sorrowful, laboring and toiling and striving by the sweat of my brow. For what? That's what he's saying. But here's the thing. This is God's way of bringing you to that place where you realize I've done all this for what? And it brings you to him, in some cases back to him, and that's a good thing. And if you have to go through all of this to come to that place, so be it. If in the end it brings me to him, back to him, so be it. It has accomplished its purpose. And here's God again, just waiting (laughs) patiently, long-suffering, lovingly, just, you just got to go through this in order to realize this. You're going to learn, but you have to learn it the hard way. I wish, I wish it weren't that way, but it is that way. Now we turn a corner as we end the chapter in verse 24, and he says, nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also, I saw, was from the hand of God. Now, at first read, you can almost get the impression that he's coming to his senses. He's learned his lesson. It's, it's the hard way, but he's, he's learning, and it's kind of like he's concluding, you know, uh, at the end of the day, You should just enjoy the fruits of your labor. But what he's really saying here is, and and it's really kind of been modified for our modern day today. You've doubtless heard it said, you only live once, you only go around once. Might as well just, you know, live it up. You only go around once. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, the, the only thing you can really do is just get, make the best out of it. 
make make the best and just enjoy what you got. You only go around once. And he says, this also I saw was from the hand of God. And he expounds on it. For who can eat or who can have enjoyment more than I? In other words, if of all people, there should be somebody that can actually gain this satisfaction and enjoyment in life. It should be me because I have all this wisdom and I have all this wealth. But then he says, for God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. And then he says it again, this also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Here's the conclusion of the matter, and this is how we're going to end the Bible study tonight. I'll try to end on a good note, as depressing as this is. (laughs) The conclusion of the matter is, this is a fallen world. Life isn't fair, and the world doesn't revolve around you. We used to have a song that we would sing to our boys when they were young, our daughter as well. And it went like this, I hope you don't mind. The world, it doesn't revolve around you, and life, it isn't fair. Ba-boom, boom, boom. The world, it doesn't revolve around you, and life, it isn't fair. To this day, 22 and soon to be 20, uh, they remember that song, boy do they. <laughs> In fact, all I have to do is just whistle the tune. They're like, no! But they got it. And isn't that the truth? That's what Solomon is saying here. That's the lesson to be learned here. And though it be the hard way, at least you learn it. You know what? Life isn't fair. We live in a fallen world. We, we talked about last week, it, it, we, I, I always thought that this used to be in the context of God just, you know, raining down on the unjust, you know. But no, He gives rain to the just and the unjust. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, James says. It rains a good thing when you have crops that need rain to grow. So, in other words, The only fairness and justice can be found in God's economy. If you're looking for it in this life, apart from God, you'll never find it. Pursue it all you want. Amass all you can. But in the end, what you'll find is it will never satisfy. It will leave you emptier than you were before you pursued it. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. One of the biggest lessons we learn from Ecclesiastes is this. You can have everything the world has to offer. The money, the most desirable job, the perfect family. But at the end of the day, none of those things truly matter. The only lasting thing that matters is who you put your hope in. All the riches in the world will never bring you the happiness you seek. 
Only Jesus can give you that. So seek him. Maybe today you're hearing about Jesus for the first time. If that's the case, we have a resource we'd like to point you to. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the ABCs of Salvation. This will give you the basics of what it means to be a Christian and why it's so important to give your life to Jesus. If you have any questions, please connect with us by clicking on Contact under About. Or come visit us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. All the information you need is at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings from many books of the Bible at our website, too. Or download our mobile app to listen wherever you are, whenever you want. We'd also like to invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.